Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, possums. It is week 17 of the NFL season, and we just want to we want to get the passel together. You know, we want to get all of us together, the whole passel, and we want to have a moment of silence for the great John Madden. We all we've all played the game. We all know how great he is. It, it's sad. It's a sad day, and I just want to hold a moment of silence for it. All right. That was a good moment. Rest in peace, John Madden. Guys, week 17's here. We are in the championship, or at least you better be. I would week 18's championship be sketchy here. But we're going into it. As always, Josh, Billy, and I are here to help you out with your games. We're gonna we got some news today uh, to cover about the players for the year. Uh, we'll go through all of that. But first of all, I just I gotta get something off my chest. I come I came in here real, real fired up about bullshit fucking trades in dynasty leagues in playoff scenarios. What do you guys think about that bullshit that happened today? So we actually had this happen in our main league um, redraft league. I don't know, six years ago where a team tried to trade for a team that was already eliminated. It was actually pre playoffs, but we don't have a a trade deadline in that league either. Um, but it was week 14 right before the playoffs started and they tried to trade and basically just stack a team. The other team wasn't even getting anything out of it because they're already eliminated. And our team, I, I just want to say like props to our league there for like just bounding together and being like, no, like you can't do that. I think it was, that was the first time we've ever had an eight for eight vote that said no. So yeah, you, you don't, it's. So let me, let me give you a little background on this. So. Playing this guy in the championship. Well, it happened last week, too. Someone was trying to make a bullshit trade, but they kind of got shot down on it. But we're playing in the championship. It's me and this other guy. Everyone else is eliminated at this point. And he makes a trade with the last place team and throws out some picks and picks up Fazem Okalawi from the Falcons. I always screw up his name. Okulam. I was about to say it's Foydsay Olokun. Okay. Olokun is what I was going to say. Olokun. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name, but (laughs) he's a hell of a fucking linebacker, and the team needed a linebacker. Everyone's thin this time of year. I got like nine players on COVID lists right now. I mean, we're scraping by at this point. So I understand that he needed a linebacker. He went out to get one. But it's the concept of the matter that if your team's eliminated, or you're in the playoffs and you're trying to get some, you don't make a fucking trade. It's it's an unspoken law in fantasy football. 
And if any of our fucking listeners agree to the fact that there's no trade deadline in this league and that that's okay to be done. We'll ship you, you an to... Antonio Brown jersey to Germany. Wait, no, sorry. I want you to fucking get off the fucking podcast because that's fucking bullshit. If you're an adult and you play those stupid little fucking games, I want nothing to fucking do with you on a fantasy squad. It's, it's trash is what it was. And then when called out about it, they're like, what? The rules say it's fine. I'm like, yeah, the rules say it's fine, but that doesn't make it okay. I think I would be more okay with it if the trade made sense, but it doesn't make any sense. And the last place team that did it is a notoriously bad trader. So this probably <laughs> will blow up in his face. He got at least the 19th or 20th pick in the draft for a 26 year old linebacker who's from St. Louis three, one, four pride. Um, but I don't, I don't, it does. This trade doesn't make sense. It's very short-sighted and honestly, like this just sets up, this just sets a president precedent where you could basically just loan players to teams for the championship. Whereas like if Joe was like, Hey, I need three or four players from your team just for this one week. And then I'll trade them back to you next week. I mean, like, what are we doing? That's not fantasy right. football. That's not any kind of strategy. That's just, hey, what can we do here at the end of the season to make things right? And I, I don't know. I, I just it's a it's a dumb rule. It's one of those things that not a lot of people do it because it's kind of shady. Last year in this exact same league that I won, we did not have any shenanigans like this in the championship between me and the other guy. And it was a fair fight that came down to the last, you know, game it's, on the schedule. It's the unspoken Sh- law. It's the unspoken rule. for himself winning the league there. Just but I bet that I'm just saying, like, we didn't have anything like this. Right. Like, I would have been Had that trade happen on Tuesday after the fucking game, I don't give a shit. It's but it's the matter that he was trying to get a clear edge for the championship, which is pretty big money for the winner of this this thing. So we're talking I don't, I don't care what the money is anyway. I think it's just if it's just a pride thing in general. It's like I don't know if you're willing to do that then you're willing to throw a league basically and I just I don't like that. I I, I mean it's, I don't agree with the losers. principle ever of that, but especially when there's money involved, it's it's shitty. I think well, that's stupid. that's my biggest thing about it and you know the person when I fucking made a disagreement about it they were like oh do you care about your hundred dollars for you broke or something it's like no i'm not broke i just when i spend money on something i like to think that it's not cheap garbage and if that's the way that this is headed then you know i'll spend my money elsewhere i don't care it's not the fact that it's a hundred dollars it could be a thousand dollars but if i'm spending that money towards something i'd like to think that it's not going to be cheapened at the end of the year by some cheap shenanigans so I don't know. It's kind of a dumb thing. If it's a free league, I guess it makes sense. But for paid leagues, and I just don't, I don't know. No, I mean, uh, it pissed me. I put a lot of fucking effort in that team. I was in last place last year, like third to last last year. Pretty bad shape in the beginning of the year, too, just because yeah. of shitty luck. And-, and I made some pretty big trades, and I ended up getting into the championship. And then this team that's absolutely fucking stacked that I'm going up against. And that's the thing. He's already a good team. Trade. Yeah. He didn't even, like, you could just. Put in a, a random linebacker. You'll be fine. You don't need a 30-point linebacker. But all right. Anyway, we're yeah, all adults I mean, here, and if you agree, that's okay. Get the fuck off our podcast. Right. And I I, I know that Joe's saying that, but at the same time, I get, the, I get the idea of it's a dynasty league. You should be able to better your team. It, you know, to make things better for the future. I just think, but it was draft picks too. When you it wasn't do like it, it was in, player for player. When you either. do it in this way, it 
just makes it seem like you're renting out players for a team to win the championship. And it's, although it's not collusion, it has the appearance of collusion because we could just, like I said, I literally joke and be like, Hey, trade me three players real quick and I'll trade them back to you next week. That takes the entire point of fantasy football. Away. Make so, the trade know. in six fucking days. I don't fucking care. But we're we're playing for big boy points. We're playing for pride, and we're playing for money. So fucking stop with the bullshit. Anyway, that was my soapbox for the day. All right, I'll get back to it. It's fine. People say that it's crying, but it's not crying. It's just what are we doing here if we're not playing a, the game correctly? You know, you don't get to the end of Monopoly and suddenly you get you know half the bank just because you're ahead i'll give you park place for a dollar exactly just so you can win and the other person can't win like that kind of stuff is stupid it's collusion uh is all it is um but actually back to collusion and this isn't really that's not fair actually the correct word here but how is it that john madden has a release on i know he wasn't in great health as it was but he was he had his release of his like movie tv series whatever it was and all of a sudden, passed away just a few days later. Like, that was so wild to me. It was like, was he? Did he? I hope I get to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know he wasn't in the best health, but um, I guarantee you did. Good. I mean, uh, it was apparently least. an unexpected death. So I don't yeah. think I know he was pretty much walker bound at that point. I mean, he's 85. I mean, for a big boy living to 85, like, good for him, man. I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, we don't have a ton of news to get to today, but I guess there's a few things. Um, James Robinson, not a good situation there in Jacksonville as he tore basically everything in his leg and is probably going to miss the beginning of 2022. And that sucks. That sucks going into this offseason. It's going to be a tough, weird time for rankings because everybody's going to up Travis Etienne for no reason at all since we don't even know how he's going to factor in because the coach that was there that got fired is the one that drafted Travis Etienne for a very specific role in that backfield. And we don't even know what that's going to look like now, because now this is going to be a completely different coaching staff, completely different personnel. Um, and I guess we'll have to just see what ends up happening there. I'm, obviously I'm not excited about the injury. I wasn't excited about the Etienne injury, but I was excited that James Robinson got to reprise his role again and I'm excited that what this does for Etienne's stock. I mean, I, obviously it's going to be stupid in the beginning of uh, the the year and everything, but I, I want to see what Etienne's got. And you see more and more how like you need two running backs and and on a team. I mean, there's many many teams that it shows, aka the Carolina Panthers, with the one running back didn't work, and obviously they tried with Chuba Hubbard, and obviously it hasn't been panning out so well. But just in general, like. You need two good running backs, and I, I think they're going to form a Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman uh, stack at some point or another. It's just, you know, a shame that they both got injured just this year. So it's going to be weird to start off the year, but I'm actually kind of excited to be able to see what Etienne can do. Give him a shot. Yeah, he is going to. It is going to be sad if they just kind of gloss over Etienne with the new coaching staff. Um, with his being drafted that high, I don't think that's going to happen. But. Um... I could see him adding some running backs there and just muddling this whole thing up for us. No, no. I think they'll <laughs> keep their Carlos Hyde or their, you know. They Carlos like Hyde a, was an Urban Meyer guy. He's gone. I, obviously, I'm talking about that kind of running back, like a, a veteran to give these young guys some some stock and kind of fill in that James Robinson role. But 
I'll say they're two very similar running backs. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do together. I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for the combo, honestly. And I think it's going to be one of those like Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, like they'll both be valid options, especially because there's not really much of a receiving core on that team at the moment. No, they signed it. Sorry, Joe, oh, you, you said it. My you said it. You're fine. You're fine. I, I, I intentionally said the coach that was fired there when I <laughs> no, mentioned that it. Button, said that, it. that button will live forever. But no, man, they signed up. Uh, so undrafted free agent, Mikhail Sargent. He uh, played for Iowa. Pretty good. He's kind of a thumper, similar to James Robinson. He's a big guy. Uh, they cut him. Uh, he was on the practice squad, I think. And then he went to the Rams. He was on their practice squad. Well, they just re-signed him. So it'll be really interesting if he gets some run this week with Dare. Because uh, it'd be kind of cool to see out there. And if he does kind of pop, then they got someone, at least on the roster, that they can use next year. Yeah. Josh, you got fireball shots, dude. All right. Josh. I know. I only got one of them. I didn't ever pick up a second one, so I'll take another one next week. But um, okay. I don't even remember what I lost, but I lost something. Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah. yeah this one will be for Leonard Fournette. Leonard, I I want to talk about just all around. I underestimated Leonard Fournette. They never gave him a fair shot. I've always been a Fournette truther, but they never gave him a fair shot until this year, and they gave him the shot. So to you, Leonard Fournette, I'm proud of you. I always loved you. Yeah, I was one of the people in the preseason that actually ranked Leonard Fournette pretty high and was laughed at in this podcast because it was a split workload. Nobody knew what was going to happen. I am yeah, yeah, thoroughly. Looking, I believed in the talent. <laughs> thoroughly looking forward to next week when we talk about our uh, complete rights and complete wrongs and complete release. Yeah, I got some. I got some pretty bad wrongs in there. It's I don't even know if I choose one. I don't even know if I'm going to talk about Trey Sermon because it's at this point, like it's just beating a dead horse. I think if you just keep mentioning him. I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty bad run. Anyway, we'll get into that next week. Tune in next week. We still we got lots of f- fancy content coming up. For sure. All right. Well, let's get to the one-minute recaps. Um, I'm actually the only loser this week, which is sad. But so, uh, you know, Joe, let's actually let's – Joe, let's let you go first with a one-minute recap. Big Dick Nick is what happened. They marched into Seattle in Chicago Bear football weather. Nice snow game and uh, barely won the game. So it was fascinating. Uh, Montgomery was the leading receiver on the team. Uh, Could have, wouldn't have bet the house on that one. Um, We averaged like 1.9 yards per carry the whole game, aside from Khalil Herbert's (laughs) 20 yard touchdown. Uh, Nick Foles couldn't find Mooney on like 15 targets in that game. I think it was only like nine, but um, it was a win. It was a win that, uh, you know, Gives Nagy a little bit more of a leash. I think he's gone, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with this stupid management if they're like, well, they did good the last couple weeks of the season. To be fair, the Seahawks are garbage. So, But I just want to get back they to are. that phenomenal accidental pun that you did there. They barely won. <laughs> barely. Yeah, that's that's the name of our team. Barely. The Bears. Chicago Barelys. That was a good win, Joe. I, told, I feel like me and Josh told you last week that Bears had a shot. I'm not going to lie to you. I was driving during that time and I watched like the majority of the game, at least like flipping back and forth. And then I wasn't physically driving. I was riding as a passenger 
And then I was just like, oh, it's over. And then I was like, wait, what? And I had to like look it up. And I was like, they actually won that? Yeah. And they no, did what John Harbaugh's tried to do. Conversion, man. Failed yeah. many times. Demir Bird had a phenomenal catch there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like how they put uh, Thomas Graham, um, one of our rookie cornerbacks, one-on-one with against DK in the snow. That was uh, that was kind of funny. It was that big touchdown he scored. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's so Chicago Bearleys, man. Situations. I'm sorry, I'm pessimistic. Was <laughs> well, I mean, you're eliminated from the playoffs. You can be pessimistic. I was pessimistic right. when we had a shot. All right, Josh, do you want to go or do you want to do a yeah, positive actually, sandwich this week? No, let's uh, let's go positive, positive, negative. It's gonna be an open okay. face sandwich. Um, nice. I actually didn't prepare for this because I am just unprepared. I didn't even think about doing this today. Uh, but no, the uh, the Eagles look good. I uh, that first half, um, I could have eaten a foot or something other than watching it. It was pretty ugly. I didn't know what was going on the whole time. It was just like, oh, cool, we're gonna give the Giants another win. And then the second half, they came out swinging. Uh, we did lose Miles Sanders to a hand injury, and he just had surgery, I believe, which I'm a little concerned about that, considering we're in a playoff spot right now, but. Haven't officially clinched, but there is a way we can clinch this week and without having to play the Cowboys, which would be really cool. Um, I'm also hoping they don't have a chance at the first seed or they can sit all their starters, but I don't know. They didn't sit their starters in their game against Washington. So we're probably going to play the Cowboys and lose week 18 and then play them again um, and then lose again in the postseason. So I don't know. I'm I'm positive we made the playoffs most likely, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances. So happy enough. Yeah. It it's, was it's, fascinating that they Cowboys left their starters in as late as they did dude, in that game. Made no sense to me. Trying to prove a point. Trying to I prove mean, a point. I get I get not well. I get not like giving up and making sure that you win the game. I mean, we've seen twenty eight to three losses, but they were up like forty two to seven at one point, and it was like I was doing the math. I was like, how many touchdowns is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, too many. Like, And it was the third quarter. I was like, just pull them. They didn't finally officially pull well, them. They pulled the Micah Parsons right before I needed him to get one more sack to win me. No, I'm not even – never mind. Just... <laughs> <sighs> Frustrating. Take Nick Chubb and you'll be He's happy. a rookie. Let's put him out on the field. I'm, whatever. <laughs> Side the point. No, he's an all-star. He needs to be off the field. I know. We'll get into that here in – I don't know. Next segment. However, let's get into Cleveland real quick. Cleveland should have won this fucking game, even with Baker throwing four interceptions. Like, that's the worst thing about watching this team is that, like, they should have won this game. And I'm not even putting this all on Baker. This was a lot of Stefanski, just terrible fucking play calling down the stretch. They would literally run it to the Green Bay side of the field, and then they would throw it three times in a row. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's a stupid game plan. And I could never understand what Stefanski was trying to get at. And I get that, like, Chubb needed a break. By the way, kind of weird that your RB1 needed a break every, like, drive right when they got into Green Bay territory. Your number one running back needed a break for the rest of the drive. It was very strange because Dearness Johnson was getting the running back carries during every passing down when they would get on the green Bay side of the field made no fucking sense at all. I didn't understand what I was watching. And the last interception was not an interception. Razul Douglas held on that play and then got the interception because of the hold. It was an illegal play. The refs, you know, it was a little home cooking for the green Bay fans and they, they squeaked out a win. I'll give them that. They squeaked it out. 
Green Bay always gets home cooking. They, yeah. That was the that was some home fucking cooking. It doesn't was, matter. Where interception that, but, one and four were holding that turned into an interception, and I was like, well, okay, if you're going to get that, then I mean, there's no chance here. I will say both Thanksgiving games were uh, enjoyable to watch. Uh, Christmas. Or Christmas get yeah. Sorry, my bad. Thinking well, natural here. holidays. I don't exactly. know. I'm. I, it's that weird week in between Christmas and New Year's right now. It's 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 a struggle. But mm-hmm. I will say the one thing I don't understand about Cleveland is why they refuse to give Nick Chubb passes. He can absolutely catch the ball. I mean, at least screen passes, small stuff. I mean, he's not like I've seen worse running backs get more passes and thrown to him. I just don't understand why they hate Nick Chubb like that. Um, Dearness Johnson isn't really a pass catching back either. He's basically a Nick mm-hmm. Chubb nope. understudy. So I don't understand why you don't just feed didn't make a lick of sense they weren't even using Demetric felton in the role either i don't know that whole whole game was strange as fuck for cleveland i i I don't get what stefanski was doing i literally have no idea and the defense yeah could have been better guys but it it wasn't that bad they held him 24 that should have been easy enough to win the game i was there got me one fucking point yep you're welcome. Well, that Garrett, that was the theme of the weekend, man. Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, two of the best defensive players in the league, deciding not to play football. Yeah, weird, weird week. Okay, let's move on to the big segment of this podcast, and it's the return of Billy's burning questions. Got five questions on the board today, and we'll start right at the top because this is my favorite one, and this is the best one, and this is my hot take. That I'm throwing in here. Guys, is Kyle Pitts the offensive rookie of the year? Joe, I'll start hey, with you. It's your hot take. You want to start okay, with Okay, I mean, I'll defend it. Um, he's going to end up having the best uh, rookie tight end season of all time. And I think that that is impressive enough to be able to get that accolade. Jamar Chase had a really good run at the beginning of the season. And he's kind of tailed off towards the end of these games. He did have 125 yards last weekend. But that was the T. Higgins show. And I think we can all... Uh, Yes, Joe. One touchdown. That's my thing. One touchdown. The, all year. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't have to be a touchdown. It. What, I, is this okay. a touchdown award? So okay. So my problem with this is I I don't think he does. I think it goes to Mac Jones or Najee Harris. Just no, it's not going. No. What? What? Jalen Waddle is the offensive rookie of the year. Or Jalen Waddle. I mean, I don't think Mac. Mac or Jamar Jones Chase. Has Jamar Chase proven. has ten touchdowns. I'm it's, just saying, I mean, there's still two Jamar games to Chase go. Chase one, Kyle Pitts two, and then you could talk me into Jalen Waddle three. I think it's Jalen Waddle one. My my problem here, and Waddle has been impressive. He's going to break the most receptions by a rookie receiver, uh, most likely. I think he needs like seven more or something like that. But uh, it's but, not Najee or Mac. Both of them have okay, been exposed well, as being not amazing over-the-top football players. So my problem with this is, yes, he's been good. I mean, he's done about what I did, what I expected, except for the the two big games, three big games after last last week. I mean, he is good. I, I I never said he wasn't. I just like I said, top four tight end, not really. Um, he's been good though these last few weeks, especially in the playoffs for fancy playoffs. That is so. I just the, you take away one of the games, it's, he's just a good tight end. I mean. I get it. They are good records and he probably will break them because the team has no one else to throw to. I just, with one touchdown, it's really hard to say he's going to get it when Waddle has just smashed expectations. I was even wrong about Waddle. I, I can definitely say that. 
the problem is the record that I mean Miami. Don't get me. I got a segment on there. Miami is a fraud, but they have a winning <laughs> record right now, and Cincinnati is a winning record right now. You already said Chase has ten touchdowns. Waddle is about Mac to break Ch- Anquan Bolden's record. He's five passes away from that. Mac Jones he, is taking the Patriots to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean those Mac, guys. Mac are Jones is not team. taking them to the playoffs. The defense is taking them. To the I playoffs. mean, I get it, but they didn't go to the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think Mac Jones the last two weeks has been exposed for what he is. He's a game manager that you don't want to put in a situation where he has to win you. A it is game. weird that there's no rookie quarterbacks that's really smashed expectations this year. That okay, we're, we're getting into this now. I was I was literally going to save this for game previews because I have a whole take on this too, but we'll do it here. I think when you're going into dynasty drafts um, and super flex conversations, I don't necessarily know that quarterback is the way to go with your first five or six picks. It's not. And that's how it's been in the couple of super flex drafts that we've done recently. Recently, these last two, two years, people took like Trevor Lawrence one, or maybe tried to force Zach Wilson up there in the top three or four. I, you got to go with the skill players. Those are guys are going to build you build your team around that. And then you get a quarterback and just kind of hope for the best because these quarterbacks are all looking like busts so far. I, I mean, there's a path forward after the season, but if you needed him to win you something this year, it didn't happen. I took Najee one, one in our super flex draft and I got shit talked for doing so. I don't understand why you would. I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. I think the thing was Jacksonville at the time, especially had still James Robinson and Etienne, and then DJ Shark and Chenault and lots of promise at wide receiver. But it showed throughout one, two injuries that that team is still terrible. Well, he was supposed to be Justin Herbert. He was supposed to be, well, Tua is kind of a bad example, but he was supposed to be a transcendent quarterback that was going to come in and immediately be Kyler Murray. Like, and he just wasn't. If you look at the super flex leagues, though, I mean, Joe Burrow last year was one of those guys going and that, that hit, but then Tua was going up there. That didn't hit. None of the guys this year have hit. We we get to see Trey Lance this week. Maybe. Um, I think the quarterbacks have a bright future, but Patrick Mahomes was, I mean, late first, early second. If people were paying attention, Herbert was the same. And most likely they were just holding on to them. I mean, even obviously he didn't play his first year. So, I mean, and once again, this goes back to what I've said uh, in the preseason and you guys didn't agree with me is I think that rookie quarterbacks need to sit a year and need to sit because honestly, Ironically, Justin Fields is one of the better ones right now, and he sat for a little, at least a little bit, and everyone else, except for Trey Lance, has played and played poorly. I mean, obviously, they're on bad teams. I can't argue that, but I mean, so is, so is Justin Fields. I mean, they, they all have at least some talent around them, and Justin Fields seems to at least utilize that a little bit and terrible why, play calling. So It's why I think this year oh. there's going to be some sneaky good quarterbacks to take because they're not going to go to the top seven Top worst teams. teams they're going to go to the Steelers which is a wonderful situation to fall Great into situation. or, or yeah. Washington which is a good situation to fall into I agree I'm actually really excited about this rookie class so of these I, I think you could get a good quarterback this year even though they're not like highly touted or whatever but they're going to end up in good situations and that could end up being more successful and so where you put these good quarterbacks, quote unquote, into bad situations. So well, if you look we'll at all the quarterbacks happens. that are successful in the league, who has been highly touted? I mean, there's a couple. Joe yeah. Burrow. Joe Burrow had that. Yeah, Burrow's was, Tyler. But, I mean, he was a winner. 
you know, Kyler looks good and stuff, but I mean, you I look feel at like Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, I mean, the greatest example is Tom Brady. But I mean, you look at all these guys that were taken late, Kirk Cousins, all these guys, and Jaylen those Hurt, are the guys that are still playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he was going in like the fourth round of a dynasty league. I mean, he, yeah, I think it was fourth or fifth round that he got picked. And I was like, ah, yep. I wanted him, but I didn't pull the trigger. You know, hell this year, this very year, Josh, you drafted Davis Mills in the fourth round in the league, and that ended up, that looks like the best rookie quarterback for fantasy this year. I Which mean, is just gross. It's, I mean, that, yeah, it is, and that's you could you got him in the fourth round. I mean, you ended I up like, dropping I, him over the summer, but I, I picked him up actually in, a, in another league though that someone dropped him in, so I have him in the other dynasty league. I just I like grabbing those those Justin Herbert. Well, I guess Justin Herbert's not a good example. Those, you know late round quarterbacks who like Kellen Mond is actually a really good dynasty quarterback right now because Kirk Cousins, yes, he had a good year, but had he not, or I mean, honestly, he's sitting behind Kirk Cousins right now. Kellen Mond is going to come in in two years or however long and probably be a good quarterback. I mean, it's just, I love having him on my taxi squad right now. Those developmental quarterbacks are where it's at right now. Um, Trask, Trask sitting behind Tom Brady. Uh, See, this is just something we're going to have to like, just, We'll get into more dynasty. Can later. you tell and we're then, ready for the off season? To, we to definitely are, <laughs> and I, we got some great conversations to have coming up here because I think we learned a lot this season. I really do. All right, but anyway, right. Kyle Pitts. Yes, he has a chance at the offensive rookie of the year. He needs to really prove it these last two weeks, though. If he if he gets it, I think he has a chance. I think it probably be Jamar Chase. Still, I think based on what he's been able to do. He's just. I mean, it's not even necessarily him. It's just everybody being healthy on the team. But he's had the appearance of elevating the offense past a level that they were at last year, and that is important. So, all right, that was a lot to talk about. Question number one: We have <laughs> four more to go here, so we'll we'll make it a little bit quicker. But number two: Will Jalen Waddle be next year's Cooper Cup? Yes. And my caveat here is a fifth round player or later that finishes as a top ten player. Is Jalen Waddle the best case scenario for that? Yes. Thing? I have and a I feeling I, I have a feeling that what although what Tua and Miami has done lately, I think they're still in the Deshaun Watson slash Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Um obviously Rodgers doesn't really want to go to the East Coast, but or yeah. And but I think that Miami is all in on making this team because honestly, I thought they were a year off and I still am correct because they're not gonna win the Super Bowl. But these last seven weeks, they've proved something. Uh, that defense is so young and so talented, um, and that offense has some spark to it. So I have to imagine that Waddle will continue doing what he's doing. I mean, this is his rookie year. It's going to be a Justin Jefferson situation where he, he'll he be in that conversation next year with Odell and Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson on two years of uh, most receiving yards. I mean, I don't know if he'll he'll get there, but it'll be, it'll be a conversation at the very least. So... I, I say I say yes, honestly. I think Waddle, he's probably going to be in that fourth, fifth round draft pick, maybe a little higher just because of what he's done in his rookie year. Um, so I think Cooper Cup, the problem with him was people were a little weary on him because I, I don't know why, because I guess because well, we didn't know what Stafford. We also didn't and, know that they ate breakfast together, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah, but we also the new quarterback coming Robert in, Woods I think everyone expected it to be Woods because similar to Galladay, similar to Calvin. No one's similar to Calvin, but you know what I mean? Same concept. So I, I say, yes, he's going to be awesome. Draft him in every league you can. 
I'd say yes, that he's going to be a massive bonus to your team next year. I say no in regards that if you play in a PPR league and you're waiting to the fifth round to draft him, you are high as shit. I mean, they just feed that dude the ball. He's always So do you open. think that he's going to go f- higher than the fifth round? If you're in a PPR league, yes. I, mean, I would say fourth round easy. I think he's. I think he's. the hype is going to be there. It's I would like, say just like Justin third, Jefferson. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what he's always open. He's like Cooper Cup in the regards that he is always open. If you we watch the regular game, rankings, we got a ranking show coming in January. We're gonna have to talk about. Those. Well, we got to still do our tight ends quarterbacks still. So, but no, I, I mean, look at where just I would say he's gonna be similar to where Justin Jefferson went this year. So it's gonna be third, fourth. I mean, I think sometime in January we should do a way too early mock draft and just see based on values right at now as they are. See what we can we, do that on sleeper. Yeah, we'll have we'll have to do that. We can get some uh, seven computers and then us three in there. But I agree. I think Jalen Waddle very important to the Miami offense. I think that they're going to have to use him kind of just how they've been using him, and that's that he's gonna they're gonna have to focus him basically going forward. And they'll add some talent around him, and they'll add a actual competent running back, and they'll be good to go. So, all right, question number three: Which running back of this list? Coming back from injury, would you most be interested in targeting this offseason? J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, or Travis Etienne? This is not based on who you think is going to do the best. This is based on who do you think will have the, the best value for you to go after this offseason? Is this, this a is dynasty? Right. Dynasty. Okay. Cam Akers. Not this is my draft. Cam Akers is my guy. Sony Michelle's a free agent next year. We've seen Daryl Henderson. He's a China doll. He's always broken. But Cam Akers, if he looks good, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to get sprinkled in a little bit, try to get ready for the playoffs and stuff. But he made a fast recovery, and he's got a full offseason out of recovery even more. I think they take the reins right back to him. So I know, I know you're talking about value here, um, but Travis Etienne's value is going to be through the roof with the James Robinson news. So he's pretty much unfortunately out because any owner of Travis Etienne is going to want to at least see a year of him. Right. Um, like, I mean, I had drafted him and then he got injured. Yeah, I get it. I would love to flip Etienne at his highest right now if I had him. Uh, but my, my, my thing here is Christian McCaffrey. I know that it's probably not the best value. I think I agree with Joe with Cam Akers, but I think Christian McCaffrey owners are pissed right now. As a Christian McCaffrey owner, I want him off my team. Um, I would flip him for anything right now. And I just, I think that they're, after two years of what, like eight games in two years, I think that any McCaffrey owner is going to sell for the, obviously you're going to have to give a valid running back and something, but I think the value is there for what Christian McCaffrey could possibly be because he could still possibly be the number one running back in the league. So um, I think that would be my number one because of your return on investment could be through the roof, but there's all obviously risk to all five of these guys. I agree. My um, is actually going to be JK Dobbins. So we were actually in a keeper league um, going, you know, three of us have been in for a couple of years now and I drafted JK Dobbins before he got hurt this year. I'm actually considering keeping him. I really am. Um, I've seen what the, Ravens running back situation is when you bundle all of these guys together. Well, that's supposed to be JK Dobbins just by himself. And could I see him coming back and being a 1200 yard back with, you know, 10 touchdowns? Sure. I mean, they don't, they don't want Lamar running anymore. They've gotten 
way over what they expected to get from Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, you know, whoever other old running back they've had in the backfield this offseason. And I think coming back, J.K. Dobbins could have a ton of value. And so I think, I don't know, I'm going to see what I can get for him in this offseason. I think I sold too low on him in the league last offseason. I think this year perhaps might be able to get some value back from him going forward. J.K. Dobbins was my number two. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't know what the offensive line rankings are anymore. I haven't kept up. Uh, but for some reason, I feel like they're better at the, the Baltimore Ravens run, like run offensive line is better than their pass offensive line. Yeah. And maybe that's right. because their tackles aren't as good. I, I honestly, I haven't pulled it up. I'm, I'm just sitting here lounging. But I, I really feel like for some reason, because Freeman, even Le'Veon Bell in spurts and everyone has looked good behind that offensive line running the ball. But like, for some reason, Lamar's getting chased down every, every play or Huntley, you know, at this point. So, right. I don't know. I, I agree with Dobbins. I was actually thinking Dobbins as well, but I just feel like that McCaffrey, the McCaffrey owner right now is pissed. I mean, they literally lost two. They're probably didn't make the playoffs two years in a row because of McCaffrey or probably definitely so lost there. early. So yeah, Dobbins um, was my number two. I think out of well, <clears throat> Derrick Henry and McCaffrey are better running backs, but they're getting up there. McCaffrey's had the injuries. Derrick Henry now has the injury. J.K. Dobbins is the most talented pure running back out of this whole group here, and I would love to see what happens uh, when he get if he does get the job. I mean, it's definitely worth a flyer. I just like the Rams' offense right now, and if you can get the number one, I think Cam Akers is that dude. The yeah, problem- I, only, I added Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey to this list because I think they're finally at an attainable price to where if, if you went to their manager, um, you could maybe actually get them for a better deal than you would have at any point in their career so far. See, right. I've never understood why everyone hates – well, for one, Derrick Henry's been not cheap but not as expensive as Christian McCaffrey over the last few years. But I don't understand – you're getting two, three years out of both these guys still, at least. I mean, probably more uh, out of, especially McCaffrey. He's only 26, but the injuries are catching up. I like the risk because, I mean, it's a, hey, I want to win now. I don't want to, I'm not building a team. There's, it depends on where your dynasty team's at. Right now, my team, I have a lot of young talent and like three or four good players that would really make a good team. So like, I could easily go try to trade for Derrick Henry, but I just, you know. I, I, I get it. If you want to trade for Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey in Dynasty, I mean, you get a few good years out of them. Go grab their backups, watch who they draft in the uh, upcoming drafts, and you can kind of just hold on to that team's value. I agree. Okay, on to question number four. Which current bottom five passing offense, Chicago, Houston, New Orleans, Carolina, or Seattle, is a wide receiver away from being a top 10 offense in 2023? See that it hinges on quarterbacks for all of these teams for me. So I have to go with Chicago and I'm going to, I'm going to toot Joe's horn here and go with the um, barely's here um, because Allen Robinson's gone. And honestly, at this point, I think everybody's just happy about that. I mean, it kind of sucks for Allen Robinson, except I guess he's not happy about it because his contract's going to suck, but I have to imagine Justin Fields is going to grow and he just needs some time. I think he, that he's shown some flashes, especially these last few weeks. So I think if they go grab them this year's Kenny Galladay and free agency, AKA Chris Godwin, uh, that team could be scary. You got running backs. That's obviously clear. You got Herbert back there. That uh, is the clear successor to Montgomery whenever they pass the throne, pass the torch. So I have to say them, everyone else, 
their quarterback situation is so in flux that I can't even imagine talking about that. Yeah, I I agree with you. I Chicago. Chicago's my pick. It's a homer pick. Um really that just comes from watching Justin Fields throw the ball and the absolute lasers that he is capable of throwing. Um Mooney's great. I think Mooney's more of a number two or a number one with help on the side. If we had a possession receiver, which is supposed to be Allen Robinson, but he's just taking his, you know, franchise tag and eating the profit from it at this point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I like Justin Fields throws a phenomenal football. I agree with you, Josh, that the quarterbacks on these other teams are, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't even know who they're going to be next year for right. three of them. And then even the saints, you really don't know. Well, so that's that. My pick is the Saints, actually. I think they are one wide receiver away. I think Michael Thomas comes back next year. I think they finally convince him, like, hey, football's cool. Let's play. And with him, <laughs> Callaway, and then add one more person either through the draft or maybe they sign one of the – which their cap situation is a nightmare. But if they figure out how to sign a wide receiver – They don't even have to sign a big one, like to be that. fair. They don't even yeah, have to I get mean, they Godwin. could get, like, Allen Robinson – he, and honestly, Alan Robinson will be like pretty that. cheap. So I imagine. Yeah, was... him. And then they don't have a quarterback right now other than Taysom Hill James? signed for next. No, he's not oh, signed. Oh, so not signed? Year. Oh, okay. One, year. One year deal. So they either are going to get a quarterback, such as a Russell Wilson, something like that. I just think there is a chance that they just like, you know, shuffle the deck and come out with a brand new offense that could equal what they've been in the past and you match that with their defense and new Orleans could be right back in. And I think there's that just that close away. I agree. It's just, it just depends on that quarterback, what they do there. I liked, I actually don't mind Taysom Hill. And honestly, I think if Michael Thomas played and Taysom Hill, for some reason actually liked him, that that team could be scary. I mean, just like that. I mean, obviously Callaway and Deontay Harris and some of these other guys, like we said, have been wide receiver twos and threes, which is great, but like they're they're missing that main guy. Exactly. And they and, need a Michael Thomas, and they need one more player after that, and then they could be. So good I have go. to agree there, but I, I think the Bears can be scary if they can grab Godwin. Or yeah. we got to get really, rid of Nagy, though. <laughs> I just I agree. Talking through some of these other teams, Houston, I think they're more than one wide receiver away. I think they need more help than they got. It's a bunch of one year deal guys on their team as is. Um, Seattle's a run first team always has been always will be until Pete Carroll leaves and then Carolina it's a it's a it's a quarterback problem for sure once they figure that out with DJ Moore Robbie Anderson and uh, I think there are a couple defensive players away in in reality more so than anything they could use a couple defensive studs I think if they had a quarterback that could throw the ball they wouldn't be in the mess they're in that's the thing I I thought we agreed with that on, on that already but I'm saying they could make a scary defense with like one or two additions. So yeah. D line would be a lot of help for them. Yeah. But, Brian Burns has been honestly kind of mediocre this year, unfortunately. All right. Yeah. Rule is supposedly a defensive coach and that defense has been far from what you would think, but Oh, well, not, not their problem. Um, Question number five, last one. Will Micah Parsons win defensive player of the year? Currently, he is tied with TJ Watt in the betting odds. And do you think the NFL is going to give it to a rookie? Yeah, they should. No, I don't think they should. I think they will. No, I think they should because of the positions that he plays. Oh, I I agree with that. I just He plays on the line. He plays linebacker. They had him lined up at cornerback at one point. I mean, the guy just is all over the field. And he provides way more value to his team than TJ Watt. 
does I, for I, his I, defense. I disagree with you only on that last statement. But my problem is I feel like TJ Watt is long overdue. And for some reason, the NFL hates TJ Watt. They keep giving it to Aaron Donald. I get why they would give it to Parsons. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I just feel like what TJ Watt does, he does so well. And he does it the best. He is he has literally single-handedly kept the Steelers franchise alive the last two years. Um, I, I just have to say TJ Watt deserves defensive player of the year because he's the best player on their team. Michael Parsons, that's nothing against him. He's phenomenal and he will win it in the future. And the whole position swap thing has been fucking hilarious and awesome for them. And I'm a little jealous, sadly, because... Uh, Could you was, not say that Micah Parsons is the best player on the Cowboys right now? Yeah, I could I could say that he isn't. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I he's mean, the best player on the team. Definitely the best player on defense because Diggs, as fun as the interceptions are, it's there's a reason they keep throwing it at him, just saying. Well, there's I mean, a reason Dak that he gets the interceptions too. On. Dak's Most, all over the place. He has a good game. He yeah. thrashed Washington, but before that, he was mediocre. Zeke's hurt. You know, CeeDee Lamb hasn't lived up to his... CeeDee, he hasn't lived up to what he's been expected to do, though. Amari Cooper's been injured this year, so he hasn't had one of those massive seasons. Demarcus Lawrence has been hurt all year. I think Micah Parsons is the best player on the team. All right, that's fair, but I I don't know. I just... I have a soft spot in my heart for TJ Watt. He deserves... I mean, I also think TJ Watt's the best player on Pittsburgh, too. Although that... This last week didn't help him not playing, so if he does... Has another, you know, off week or doesn't play or something like that, I don't know what the hell happened last week. It was stupid, but... Say TJ Watt gets two more... He has a rib injury currently, which... If the ribs are that bad, sit out. Don't play. try to play in the game and only get one tackle and give up 33 or whatever the hell they gave up to the Chiefs. Like that was embarrassing to watch. I mean, it's, the defense was garbage. It's just hard to compare the two because they're they both do things so well. And obviously, Michael Parsons has done well on the edge, which is just shocking because he's not a big guy. But I don't know. I, I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for TJ Watt there. Honestly, don't think they could go wrong with either. TJ Watts, a lifetime achievement award, and then Micah Parsons because he's been the most valuable player at that position, in my opinion, as well. But I don't even know what to say most like as that position. He's played three different ones um, from week to week. Okay. Well, that's enough burning questions. I think that I think that's some good stuff. Um Kyle Pitts being the offensive rookie of the year is kind of a fire take, but I'm starting to buy into it more and more as he gets closer to record. I'm setting. loving what the draft stock is going to do with him and redraft next year. It's well, here's the thing well. I, here. I, and I don't even know if it's going to change because what, like after Kelsey, after Kittle, after Andrews, the, after that, it's a crapshoot. I mean, they're all the same guy. Honestly, I would definitely like, keep an eye out on Goddard with a full year being the number one guy. Sure. I think he's about the same as the rest of them around. That but I area. think the value is going to be phenomenal for Goddard, though. I feel like that's going to drop off a Goddard, cliff. That's Dalton that. Schultz, Pitts. They're all Knox. the same guy. Knox. All the same dude. There's a lot of that fifth, that five to eight is really one of them is going to hit and like a few of five them to are. eight. I think it's like five to like 14. Like there are all the same. I swear, guy. everyone says there's no tight ends. And like the, we see this like this year, there's like four or five guys who were undrafted that end up having. Phenomenal yeah. years. No, I am not going to fault anybody if they take Kelsey Pitt or not, not Pitts, but Kelsey Andrews or Kittle 
in their first three rounds. I know it could blow up in your face, but I'm not going to hate on them. Like the position is this is scarce as it's ever been. Cause you're not finding any of these guys just floating. I'm, around. I'm sad about Waller this year. Uh, I, I did call that though. I was uh, a big, a big proponent of saying that he's not the number two guy. He's more of a, if the Raiders are doing good, he's doing good, which the Raiders aren't doing good. And yeah. he's also injured right now. So, well, and him and Kelsey are like 32 years old or something. So I can only go on for so long. I think Gronk old as balls as well. Old balls, man. Old balls. All right. Well, that is enough burning questions. So, uh, Josh, I'm sure you don't have a watch this week since we only have one week left in the season. Yeah. Watch out for these guys. No, just go win your league, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Joe, DFS plays. Give it to us. All right. So my start of the week is Jalen Waddle. We will get to him in a second. Um, at quarterback this week, I there's a lot of good tiers here. So at the top, you have Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Tom Brady's 7,600. Josh Allen is 8,000. Brady gets the Jets, who he hates, and Josh Allen gets Atlanta, who should be able to score enough points to keep the offense on the field and gunning the whole time. So I like both of those guys. Jalen Hurts is kind of a mid-tier guy. Um, he is 6,600, and he gets Washington this week. We saw what Dak did to him last week, and he appears to be healthy. I don't know how you recover from an ankle sprain that quickly, but uh, maybe he's Superman. Who knows? Um, if you really want to get ballsy with it, Trey Lance is 4,800, and he gets Houston. Um, I think with his rushing upside and the weapons he has around him, you can save a ton of coin and go with Trey Lance this week. Uh, I really like him. Now, running back's interesting. It's really hard not to pay up for Jonathan Taylor this week. He's $9,000, so he's absolutely maxed out, but he gets Las Vegas, and Carson Wentz has COVID, so you'd have to assume they're going to run the entire offense through him on that one. Uh, so I really like Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, more mid-price guys, uh, Saquon at 6000 versus Chicago. I do like it. Um, I think they're going to have to throw. This is going to be a close game. I don't think there's any blowout. Both uh, offensive lines suck, but I love both running backs in this game. David Montgomery, 6,500. So I like that play as well. Uh, Back to the Buccaneers. Ronald Jones gets the Jets. They are dead last against the run. He's at 6,300. So I think they could absolutely lean on him. And then I love love three guys kind of right on this this low price thing here. So Sony Michelle, he's 5,800. So not exactly low price. He gets Baltimore, who has been really good against the run. Um, but I think he can do some damage, especially with that Rams line. Daryl Williams, 5,800 versus KC. Edward Slayer is out. And uh, Cincinnati, I, this is going to be a high-scoring game, so I like Daryl Williams in the receiving game here. And then he's not min price, but he's bottom of my list. I don't know why I did that. Cordero Patterson, 6,900 versus Buffalo. Uh, we've seen Buffalo can get run on. Uh, all the big guys have done it and Cordell Patterson is their offense. So I like, you know, five or six receptions, 14 rushes. I think you can do some damage against Buffalo there. Wide receiver. Let me start with Jalen Waddle here. Uh, 6,700 against Tennessee. Um, Anquan Bolden's record was 101 receptions. He currently sits at 96. I think Miami absolute feeds the hell out of him to break that record. So I love Jalen Waddle this week. 
Uh, Antonio Brown is 6,100 against the Jets. You could do a really good stack here if you do Antonio Brown, Gronk. Um, I don't know if you want to throw Rojo in there. Pair that with Brady and then get Michael Carter or Elijah Moore coming back. Elijah Moore is like 50-50 to play, so we don't know about that yet. But that could be a good stack there. Um, other wide receivers, Hunter Renfro is 6,500 with Darren Waller out. He is a great option there. Oh, let's see. We already talked about Elijah Moore. He's 5,200. That's a pretty good price on that one. My other start of the week was going to be Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's at 5,400 versus KC. I think that uh, everyone's going to be on Chase and Higgins after the weeks they had. Uh, but I think you can play Tyler Boyd and really differentiate yourself from the rest of the crew there. And tight end, Gronkowski, 6,200 versus the Jets. We know the Jets suck. I think Tom Brady is going to go out for him. And with the receivers out, I think getting Gronkowski in the middle of the field is going to do some damage there. Um, Hunter Henry, 4,200 versus Jacksonville. They're going to have to throw. I think this is actually a a decently competitive game here. Uh, So I like Hunter Henry up the middle on that one. And Gerald Everett is 4,100. He gets Detroit. He's been coming on a lot. He's he's getting a nice relationship with Russell Wilson there. So he's a good play for me as well. And if you're really desperate, James O'Shag Hennessy is 3,200 against New England. Um, they're they're really tough against tight ends, but he is getting the volume. So that could be a good play. And uh, yeah, that's uh, my daily for the week. Nice. Should be a good good couple of games. Devin I love Singletary. Trey Larry's 4,800. Devin Singletary is interesting, too. He's like 5,400, and he seems to be the primary running back there. I would do it in a tournament. I would Not never put him in like a Atlanta. cash game just because I do not trust Buffalo at all. That's fair. I actually, you're talking about Gronkowski. I saw some weird hate about Antonio Brown not being able to lead them to the playoffs or yada, 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 because if Godwin doesn't come back, I mean, Evans is most likely coming back for the playoffs. Um, And I'm just like, why the hate on Antonio Brown? Literally every game he's played this year has been just straight gold, like for fantasy purposes. And I imagine, you know, just NFL purposes. I mean, he had 100 yards last week. I I don't get it. Yeah, him, Waddle, and Boyd are in all of my lineups currently. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to dif- differentiate a little bit there, but sounds good. Okay. Well, that's all we got in part one news and notes. Um, come back for part two. We're going to preview the games this week, championship weekend for everybody that was doing most, most leagues. This should be championship weekend. Some crazy people might be doing 18 week. I'd, Going to be a wild one next week talking about who's actually playing in those games. But there's some good games going, and try to, you know, win your championships. We got got some championships to win. So follow at Offensive Points on Twitter. Follow at uh, Semi Pro Fantasy on Twitter as well. Follow us at Josh Hall STL, at OP Economist, and at Umbre Vendor on Twitter. Come talk to us. Come hit us up. Come flex on us about how you won your championship we will gladly accept looking at those so i'll also have... clap for you on every one of those yes clap emoji. we will we will definitely clap emoji your wins so joe get us out of here guys it has been fun rolling with you on this one stick around for part two and we will see you next week